Do you feel like rest is a waste of time? Is it just a reward for the hard work you do? And do you measure your success by how busy you are? This is episode 10. Rest even when you're busy. Hello, and welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams, and I'm your productivity coach and host for the show. It's important to plan and organize your day so you have time to rest. Set time blocks for when you do intense focus work and for when you engage in deliberate rest. Choose your hours wisely. Which is better? Two hours of your best work when your energy is high and focus is sharp, or four hours of subpar work when you're in an afternoon slump. At most, due to biological makeup, we can focus on high cognitive tasks for 90 minutes to two hours at a time. The type of work you do and personal factors matter, but overall the optimal work-to-rest ratio is 50 to 90 minutes on, but not more than two hours, followed by 7 to 20 minutes of rest. If you do too little work, you underperform, and if you do too much, you face physical drain, mental fatigue, and even burnout over time. Your ultradian rhythm is a recurrent cycle repeated within a 24-hour day. Your brain goes through the cycle during your sleep, and the cycle continues while you are awake. In this basic rest activity cycle, Your energy ebbs and flows throughout the day. Your heart rate, hormonal levels, and brainwave activity rise during the first part of the cycle. After about 90 to 120 minutes or so, these physical measures begin to drop, and your body starts to need rest and recovery. After 90 to 120 minutes of high-frequency brain activity, there's 20 minutes of low-frequency brain activity, give or take. Instead of pushing yourself beyond 90 to 120 minutes of work, just rest. Make use of the body's natural rhythm. Make clear choices not only in how and when you work, but also how and when you engage in downtime. Work and rest are not competitors, they are equal partners, says Alex Pong, futurist, consultant, author, and big proponent of shorter work weeks. Active rest is a skill that you integrate into your day. It's not just the absence of work. In his book, Rest, Pong says we have a total of four to five hours in the day to do deep work and to perform at our peak. Even if you have full control over your schedule, you'll find that you can go up to four hours to do your best creative work. Beyond those hours, your focus, energy, and creativity drop to the point where working longer is counterproductive. Sometimes you do need to work longer hours to meet a tight deadline, but this should be the exception. Pong draws from scientific studies and examples from accomplished thinkers like Charles Darwin, Maya Angelou, and Stephen King. He describes their daily routines that layer deep work with active rest. Digital tools, automation, and a global economy lead to more incentives to work longer hours. Overwork is normal because long hours are often taken as a sign of devotion, commitment, and endurance. The need for rest is seen as a weakness. 
But rest is not something you do only when you complete all the important things which are never done. Hard work and long hours do not necessarily lead to better outcomes. Knowledge work is physically taxing. The brain consumes a lot of energy and needs to rest. To have a productive and well-lived life, you need to layer high cognitive focused work with time for recovery and reflection. Deliberate rest is just as important as deep work. So how do you rest deliberately even when you have many things to get done? You could try napping. Naps of 20 minutes can boost your energy and focus, if not more, as consuming caffeine. They are best taken after lunch when you hit the afternoon slump. Naps help you recharge physically and connect the conscious and subconscious mind. In an office setting, you could find an empty room, sit in a comfortable chair, and close your eyes. If you're working from your home office, there's a lot more flexibility in where you can take a nap. The next thing you could try doing is to participate in deep play. Deep play is physically engaging, but not too mentally taxing. Physical activity, like exercise and sports, often correlate with top performance at work, problem-solving skills, and sustainable careers. Creative or lifelong hobbies are forms of active rest as well. They can be more restorative than just kicking back and watching television. Examples are painting, gardening, playing a musical instrument, rock climbing, cooking, and even playing video games. Deep play connects you back to what you like about challenging work. It reminds you about what you like best about an activity. It can also serve as a creative space. In rest, your brain can more easily switch to the default mode network, which is your creative subconscious. Doing nothing, mind-wandering, and daydreaming are paths to generating ideas and solutions that you do not get with conscious effort. Compared to working state brain activity, resting state brain activity is better for creative insights and breakthroughs. A third tip is to take a real break instead of try to mix it in with work. Whether you choose to take a long walk, garden, go for a run, or interact with nature, leave your electronic devices behind, especially if you will be tempted to check emails and respond to work calls. Destimulating your brain will help you to recover and recharge more and faster. Have moments when you're not consuming and processing information. Ideas and insights not only come from concerted effort, but also from inward focus, quiet contemplation, and a fresh perspective. After every 90 to 120 minutes of focus work, it's ideal to take a 20 to 30 minute break. If you're in a flow state, you might consciously decide to work longer, but take a break before you really need it. If you're a knowledge or office worker, get up and walk away from the task. Meditate, walk around, drink water, look out the window, and stretch. Do what really recharges you. The more recharged you are, the more productive you will be in the next focus block. Tip number four is to take a vacation or sabbatical. Overwork affects your mental and physical health and contributes to cognitive decline. When you don't take a vacation, you make long-term trade-offs for short-term gain. 
Pong notes that Americans leave $50 billion worth of vacation unused per year. He says seven to eight days of vacation helps you to reach maximum restoration. The benefits of a vacation can last for two months or so. Aim to take a vacation every two to three months for peak performance. Even if you don't have this flexibility, you should have weekends when you switch off completely from work. It takes about two days to get into vacation mode. It's not just about the time you take off, but also about what you do when you're off. Engage in a lifetime or creative hobby, take a long scenic hike, visit the nature center, or experience a new environment. You will be more rested, happier, more creative, and more productive when you take an extended break. If you have to work intensely and for long hours because of a big project or upcoming deadline, having downtime afterwards is even more valuable. You need to make creative space and margin to explore ideas and try new things. Working consistently long hours for extended periods of time is a sure path to fatigue and high stress. Tip number five is to set clear boundaries between work and rest. This is harder to do when you work from your home office or do remote work and the lines are blurred. When there's no commute, for example, there's no buffer to transition from one role to the next. You might end up working longer hours due to more meetings, more communication, more interruptions, and more distractions, both from home and work. In the morning, you could add a fake commute by taking a walk around your neighborhood or picking up coffee at the drive-thru. Or maybe you just have a set room for where you work and where you eat and take breaks. Keep a startup routine to transition into work and a shutdown routine to move out of it. Finally, it's important to take an organizational perspective for incorporating rest. This applies especially to those in charge of setting workplace cultures and expectations, whether you're at a big corporation, a small business, or you're a solo consultant. Structural changes are often necessary for prioritizing rest, which is often seen as the mere opposite of work. Many employers expect their teams to manage personal responsibilities and professional obligations all at the same time. Businesses often operate 24-7 in a global economy. Bosses, team members, clients, or customers might expect you to be available after office hours. If you're not taking care of yourself, or you don't spend enough quality time with your family, children, friends, or community, you'll be less productive. It's not just a matter of putting in more hours. In his book, Shorter, Alex Pong proposes a four-day work week to address a wide range of issues, such as giving more flexible work arrangements, having more women in the workplace, improving mental health, integrating parenthood and work more effectively, increasing productivity, avoiding burnout, and creating more sustainable and profitable businesses. In his workshops, Pong explores a wide range of shorter hours and redesigned work schedules from five-hour workdays to staggered shifts to free Fridays. His studies show a shorter work week can benefit many types of businesses in different parts of the world. The concept is influencing companies in high-tech, consulting, and legal services where long hours are common. The practice is becoming popular in countries like Korea and Japan, which have a term or word for working yourself to death. In many law firms, especially big law, billable hours are primary measure of success. 
It's how you compete, get a raise or promotion, or make partnership. Pong's research shows that almost all law firms move from time-based to project-based billing to implement a shorter work week. Examples are two big law firms in Denmark. At the first firm, it's not about reducing work hours, but about giving employees more flexibility to adjust their hours to handle non-work things or to take a day off after a big project. At the second firm, they encourage their employees to be strategic advisors and holistic thinkers who create value for their clients. They have moved away from how many hours they spend on providing the service to maximizing the effectiveness of their time. They no longer have morning meetings. Instead, they use the time to schedule focus blocks for serious work. They've also reduced the default length of meetings from 45 minutes to 20 minutes. These changes allow them to experiment with the work schedules so they work efficiently instead of too much. They close on Fridays at lunchtime and have a four and a half day work week. A lower baseline like 30 hours of work is more sustainable than a higher baseline like 50 hours of work per week. And if you have to make an exception to deal with emergencies or tough times, you can more readily move up from 30 to 45 hours compared to 50 to 65 hours of work per week. Starting with a higher baseline is often counterproductive, inefficient, and unnecessary. A shorter work week creates a longer weekend. This leads to more opportunities to engage in personal interests that boost your creativity, energy, focus, and motivation to do important things in fewer hours. Your capacity to do your best work in fewer hours depends not just on your personal ability, habits, and routines, but also on other people's willingness to respect your boundaries and focus blocks. Workplace cultures, organizational dynamics, and the setting of expectations play a role. There are social dimensions to work that need to be accounted for. Personal productivity can only go so far if your work environment or organizational culture doesn't support deep work and deep play. If you do remote work or have some autonomy over your schedule, experiment with your work week. Play around with the number of hours you spend at work and how you use each hour. Working fewer hours can encourage you to move from busy, low-leverage activity to high-value, high-reward activity. Block distractions and interruptions to do focus work. Keep meetings shorter and more purposeful. Employers might consider offering a shorter work week when there is increased productivity, automation, and innovation. Rewards don't always have to come in the form of promotions or higher pay. If you can do great work in less time, it's not always profitable or sustainable to fill the remaining units of time with more work. You're never too busy to slow down, pause, or stop. In fact, the busier you feel, the more you need to rest. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. And if you find the show helpful, give it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other app. Thank you for your productivity questions, which help to shape the content of each episode. Join me again next time on the Incrementalist Podcast. Podcast.